celebrate Easter in the spring, but, you know, Easter really has nothing to do with it being spring. Easter has nothing to do with rabbits or eggs. I'm sorry to burst anybody's bubble. In fact, when you think about it, really, rabbits and eggs really don't have much to do with each other either, do they? And poor children like me grew up thinking that rabbits laid eggs just like chickens. I just recently found out that wasn't true. <laughs> what is Easter all about? You know, 60% of adults don't know the true meaning of Easter. We asked when they're asked what the true meaning of Easter is, they don't give the right answer. But I'm sure you all know the right answer. The right answer is that as believers, we celebrate Easter to remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Really the greatest event in human history. Let's watch a short video as an introduction today called The Sun Rose. It's about the resurrection. Well, he is risen. That's really the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus Christ was crucified, died on the cross, laid in the tomb for three days, and then he rose from the dead. Now, how do we know that Jesus rose from the dead? Well, first of all, we have multiple eyewitness accounts with original documents uh, dating within a few years of the event. These documents say that hundreds of people saw Jesus alive again. The apostles, they went from men overcome with grief over the death of their leader to men on fire to tell the world that Jesus was alive, a complete transformation of their lives. We have multiple extra-biblical documents that talk about Jesus coming back to life. And we have the simple fact of the empty tomb. The tomb was empty. The enemies of Jesus went to great lengths to protect the tomb so that the body couldn't be stolen. There were guards posted outside. The tomb was sealed. And yet, something happened. And the tomb was empty. Now, the easiest thing the enemies of Jesus could have done to squelch Christianity at the very start was simply to produce the body of Jesus Christ. But nobody could. The tomb was empty. He was alive. Peter spoke in Acts 3.15. I'd like to encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has our outline and verses written out there. And you can take some notes if you'd like. On the back is some study questions. That uh, you can dig in a little deeper on your own. Acts 3.15 Peter says, you killed the author of life, speaking of Jesus. Jesus is the author of life. He's the creator. He's the one who brought life into this world. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. And so Jesus rose from the dead. Now, he's not the only person that ever was raised from the dead. But he's the only person who was ever raised from the dead, never to die again. And so Jesus is alive today. Now let's think about it for a minute. You can't say that about any other person who's ever walked this planet. The tomb of Confucius is occupied. The tomb of Buddha is occupied. The tomb of Muhammad is occupied. Any other religious leader that you might name, his tomb is occupied. And yet... Only Jesus' tomb is empty. That gives you a clue 
which religion is the true religion. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But today my message is entitled, The Resurrection Changes Everything. We're going to be talking about the significance of this incredible event, the most important event in human history. Romans 1.4 says, Who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so the Apostle Paul here lays to rest the fallacy that Jesus was just another man. How many times have you heard that? Well, he was just another man. He was just a good prophet. There is no other man with an empty tomb. Jesus is one of a kind. And here this verse tells us that the resurrection declares, the resurrection proves that Jesus is the very Son of God. Now today we're going to look at how the resurrection changes everything for us. Right here in St. Louis in the year 2014. And so whatever problems you're going through in life, whatever difficulties you may be facing, Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus' resurrection can give you hope. It can give you confidence to face whatever you're dealing with in life. And so the resurrection can bring us hope for the past, the present, and the future. The resurrection brings healing to your past. I know because the Bible tells me that each person here has a past that's been marred with sin, that's been marred by the consequences of sin. There are things that we have done that have hurt others. There are things that others have done that have hurt us. And those hurtful things the Bible calls sin. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings healing to our past. The healing is called salvation in the Bible. And today we're going to look at some selected scriptures from a chapter in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's all about the implications of the resurrection for our own lives. The chapter begins by affirming that salvation comes by believing the gospel. It says in verse 1, Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. And so the Greek word for gospel means good news. The gospel is great news. It's the most wonderful news we could ever hear. And in order for that gospel to have an effect on our lives, it must be received, it must be believed. When you believe the gospel in that way, you are saved. You take your stand upon it. You hold on to it firmly. You don't let go. You're saved from sin. You're saved from its consequences in this life and in eternity. And that's good news. Now, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel actually does proclaim the resurrection. Paul goes on to say, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. And so the gospel is not just that Jesus died for our sins. He did die for our sins. And he was laid in a tomb, but that's not the end of the story. That's just the first part. He was raised on the third day. Incredibly important. And after rising from the dead, Jesus appeared to the apostles. He appeared to other people. And he's forever alive. And so the resurrection is an integral part of the gospel. You cannot be saved without believing in the resurrection. And if you don't believe in the resurrection, 
The gospel is simply not able to save you. Now let's think a little more deeply about how the resurrection brings healing to our past. When you believe, when you're saved, the Bible says that you become a new creation. You become a new creature in Christ. You're born again. You've died to your old life of sin and you're raised to a new life, resurrected to a new life with God through the power of Christ's resurrection. And that power of Christ's resurrection brings healing to your past. It can bring healing, or it does bring healing to past guilt. It brings healing to past shame, to the sin of your past. And so this morning, is there anything in your past that you wish hadn't happened? I think if you're human, I have things I wish hadn't happened. I have wish, things I wish I hadn't done. If there's anything in your past, Anything that weighs you down, anything that causes you guilt and shame, anything that you can't get out of your head, Jesus wants to bring his forgiveness into that past. He wants to bring his healing. He wants to make everything whole again through his resurrection power. At the end of the service, we're going to pray. And if you present that area to him and ask for his forgiveness and his healing, he's going to bring his healing touch to it and bring wholeness into your life. The resurrection heals your past. It also can empower your present. The resurrection, the power of Christ's resurrection is essential for us to live for Jesus Christ every day. Believing in the resurrection and the power of the resurrection is not optional. There, is, there can be no faith without the resurrection. Paul writes in verse 17, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. And so the resurrection, again, is an essential part of the gospel. It's God's proof that Jesus' death for our sins was effective and that it is finished. The resurrection proves that Jesus is the Son of God. It fulfills Jesus' prophecies that he gave himself, that he would rise from the dead in three days. The resurrection is at the heart of Christianity. It's at the heart of the message of Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection, those who had died in the Apostle Paul's time, believing in Jesus Christ, would be lost and not saved. In fact, there would be no life after death. The good news, though, is that the resurrection is true. Christ has been raised. He's alive today. Paul affirms that in verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And since Jesus is alive, we can have hope. Both for this life and the next. Christ's resurrection power brings life into our lives. 2 Corinthians 13, 4 says, For to be sure, he, speaking of Jesus, was crucified in weakness, and yet he lives by God's power. He was killed, but God's power brought him back to life. And then he applies it to our lives. Likewise, we are weak in him, and yet by God's power, we will live with him to serve you. And so Jesus' body battered, broken, pierced, was taken down from the cross. 
on that Good Friday and laid into a dark, cold, damp tomb. And it laid there for three days. And on the third day, the power of God came into the body of Jesus Christ. And he was raised from the dead. The stone was not removed so that Jesus could come out. The stone was removed so that people could see the tomb was empty. He was alive in a glorified body. A seemingly hopeless situation was transformed by the power of God. And in this verse, the Apostle Paul writes that as believers, we are weak. There's nothing more weak than a lifeless body laying on a, cone, a, a stone cold slab, is there? And we are weak in and of ourselves. There's things that we can't do. Sometimes it seems as though we can accomplish nothing on our own. But by the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that power can enable us to carry out God's purpose. That power can give us the eternal life that resides in Jesus Christ. The resurrection can empower us as we live today, as we live in this year 2014. Anybody here ever feel weak? Anybody ever here ever feel as if the circumstances that you're facing are too much for you? Too big for you? The problems are insurmountable. Sometimes we feel overwhelmed. And the fact of the matter is that we are too weak to live life on our own. And if you think you're strong enough to handle life on your own, you just wait. Something's going to happen and God's going to humble you and show you that you can't do it by yourself. You need Him. And that's where the resurrection power of God comes to our rescue. When we're weak, when we acknowledge we're weak, when we humble ourselves, then we become a candidate to receive his power into our own lives. The same power, just think about it, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago is available for believers today when we put our faith and when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. And so the first application of resurrection powers occurs in our lives when we believe in Jesus for the first time. God not only forgives our sins, but he gives us the power to live our lives to fulfill his purpose for us. God has a plan for your life. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. Every person seated here, God has a plan for your life. He has your life mapped out and you know what? You can't fulfill that plan in your own strength. You can't do it. It's hopeless. But don't give up. Because with his power, you can do it. And that's why... Jesus was raised from the dead. God's resurrection power will give you the strength to overcome every obstacle that stands in the way of you fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. God's power can transform your weakness into his strength. He can give you the strength and courage to follow him. At the end of the message, I'm going to pray and we're going to ask God to fill our weakness with his strength. We're going to ask God to take those who feel discouraged this morning and encourage them and fill their hearts with courage. We're going to ask for 
his resurrection power. And so the resurrection brings healing to our past. It gives power for our present lives. And it gives hope for the future. The Bible teaches that there is life after death. Death is not the end. Our 80 or 90 years that we live here on this planet in our physical life is not all there is. The resurrection proves that death is not the end of everything. Jesus' resurrection from the dead, the Bible says, is the first example of what will happen to believers when Jesus comes again. Believers will be resurrected from the dead at the second coming. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51 says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. Who likes mysteries? Anybody like to read a good mystery? Well, here's a mystery. I'm going to tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound... The dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. Now when is this last trumpet going to sound? This last trumpet is going to sound when Jesus returns to the earth for the second time. At the second coming of Jesus Christ. He's going to return to the earth to wrap up human history as we know it. And when he returns, believers who have died will be raised from the dead just as Christ was raised from the dead. And so, what does that mean? That, that lays to rest all the stories about us floating on clouds, playing harps with little angel wings, you see. Jesus didn't come back from the dead with little angel wings. And neither will we. We're going to be raised, our bodies will be raised, and we're going to look similar to the way we are now. But our spirits and bodies will be reunited. And we're going to talk more about the kind of bodies that we're going to have. They're going to be resurrection bodies. And that resurrection is going to happen. The resurrection of every person here who is a believer. If you have died, when Jesus returns again, you're going to be resurrected with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in a flash, in a split second, in the twinkling of an eye. Boom, just like that. You're going to be changed. And when we're raised from the dead, our bodies will be changed. You know, our bodies right now, as wonderful as they are, you ever felt some pain in your human body? You ever felt tired? You ever felt weak? That's all going to be gone. You ever cried and felt sorrowful? You felt grief? That's going to be done away with. It's going to be a glorified body just as Jesus was. It's going to be rendered, your body's going to be rendered imperishable. Never to be troubled by pain, death, sickness, or sorrow again. Now that's something to look forward to. Now the older you get, the more you look forward to it. For you teenagers, you know, it'll happen. Believers will be resurrected from the dead. And we're going to live forever with Jesus. Verse 54 says, When the perishable, speaking of our bodies, perishable bodies, that's what you have right now, a perishable body. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up with victory. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Believers will be raised from the dead, their spirits reunited with their glorified bodies to live forever in a new heavens and a new earth with Jesus Christ. Your new body will be immortal, it will be imperishable. 
and you're going to live forever. Isn't that what God has placed in the heart of every human being? We want to live forever. And this is the way, by believing in Jesus, we're going to have eternal life. That's what eternal life is all about. And not only will we live forever with Jesus, we are going to live forever with all other believers, including our loved ones who have believed and passed on before us. And so the resurrection gives us a sure hope that believing loved ones will spend eternity together in the presence of one another and the Lord Jesus. And so death is not the end for the believer. It's simply a doorway into the presence of God, into the presence of Jesus Christ, into a wonderful forever with Jesus and the family of God. And so the resurrection changes how we as believers view life. We ought to live life not just in the short-term view of the 80 or 90 years that we have here, but in light of eternity, because forever is a whole lot longer than the life we have here on earth, is it not? And so we ought to live in light of eternity. And as believers, we can have hope, even in the face of life-threatening circumstances, because we know, for the believer, death is not the end. No matter what happens, we will be with the Lord Jesus. No matter what happens to our loved ones who are believers, they will be with the Lord Jesus. And as believers, when someone passes on who's a believer, we, we grieve because we're going to miss them. But it's only for a season, you see. It's only for a short time because one day we'll be reunited with them in heaven. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. And the corollary to that is that as believers, we need to do everything we can to make sure everyone we know, everyone we love, everyone we care about believes in Jesus. Because that's the only way that we'll be together with them forever. That's the only way they'll spend eternity with God. That's the only way they'll have eternal life. For you see, the alternative... It's almost unthinkable, but it's talked about over and over in the Bible. Jesus talked about it many different times. What's the alternative to eternal life with God in heaven in our resurrected bodies? The alternative is terrible. It's spending eternity without God. It's spending eternity not having a party in hell, but in isolation and torment with those who have not believed in Jesus Christ. And so may God help us to share the gospel to share the good news of the resurrection with everybody we know. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ truly does change everything. The resurrection of Jesus tells us which, which religion is true. They're not all the same, contrary to popular opinion. We don't all worship the same God. The only founder of a religion who lives forever, whose tomb is empty is Jesus Christ. And that fact has never been and will never be refuted because he is alive. The resurrection changes your past when you believe in Jesus. He comes to forgive your sins. He saves you. He removes your guilt, your shame. He makes you a new creation through his resurrection power. The resurrection changes our present lives because it allows us 
to live in his strength. He takes our weaknesses and pours his power into us and we become a vessel for Jesus Christ to live through us. The power of God can help you overcome every obstacle that you may face in life that prevents you from carrying out his plan and purpose. The resurrection changes your future because it gives you hope that one day you're going to live forever with Jesus. And one day you're going to live forever with those loved ones who have believed in him as well. The resurrection gives us hope beyond the grave. The resurrection truly changes everything. And so this morning, what's the take-home point? The take-home point is Jesus is alive. I mean, he is alive. That's what the resurrection is all about. In order to take advantage of what God has done, what God has accomplished through the resurrection, you have to believe the gospel. You have to believe the good news about Jesus Christ. And so this Easter, I'm going to give everyone here an opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This morning, if you're not sure that you're a believer, I want to encourage you to pray with me. This morning, if you don't hear Jesus speaking to you, you go, oh, that's kind of different, isn't it? No, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He's alive. He speaks to those who are believers. Now, I don't hear him with my physical ears, but I hear him speaking in my heart. The Bible says every believer hears Jesus speaking to them and we follow his direction. If you don't hear him speaking to you, you need to pray and become a believer because if you are a believer, you will hear him speaking. This morning, if you don't know that if you would pass on, if you're not convinced you're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, you need to pray this prayer because when you're a believer, Jesus gives you assurance within your heart that you will go to heaven. You will spend eternity with him. And so we're going to pray a simple prayer. The first part of it is to admit that you've sinned, that you've done wrong things. The second part is to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that your sins might be forgiven, and he rose from the dead three days later and is alive today. The third part is you're committing your life to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That means what he says you will do. No questions asked. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And I encourage you to pray along with me in your own mind. God knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows exactly what's on your heart. And it's all a matter of praying and agreeing with the gospel. So let's pray. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've done things I'm ashamed of. I've broken the Ten Commandments in different ways. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago and somehow took my sins upon himself and paid the price. The price of eternal death. That I might be saved. Please forgive me. I trust you to forgive me. And I commit my life to believing in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, to following you all the days of my life and right on into eternity. Thank you for what you've done in my life this morning. 
And for those that are already believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for what you've taught us this Easter, for what you've reminded us of how the resurrection changes everything. We thank you that Jesus is alive today. May we live each and every day, each and every moment with the sense that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is with us. Bring healing and forgiveness to any past sins or hurts that we've been struggling with today. We give them to you. We say, God, heal hurts, forgive sins that we present to you this morning. May your resurrection power come into each and every life here today, God, and empower us to overcome our own weakness. Give us the strength, God, to carry out your plans for, your, for our lives with your power. And finally, God, we thank you for the hope that the resurrection gives us for eternity. That will one day be forever with the Lord. That will be with other believers forever and ever. May we live our lives now in light of eternity. And in so doing, may you give us the strength, may you give us the courage to tell everyone we know about the good news about Jesus. How he died for our sins, how he rose from the dead, and how he lives forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.